0: Today, I'm joined by Dan Titus, uh, filling in for Zach, who's busy with one or, or many of his kids. I'm not too sure. We're going to be touching on uh, just some news uh, injury news, player news, uh, guys that have come back. Should be a fun one. This is ba- Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep.
1: Got all
0: Welcome to the Ball's Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King, your host at Adam King 91 on Twitter. Joining me usually is Zach, but today let's bring in Dan Titus, uh, very short notice, Dan, thanks for squeezing me in. I just didn't want to have to make people listen to just me for
1: 45 minutes. So, uh, always good to have you on the show. Um, how have you been? Pretty good, man. Um, yeah, I, I can totally agree with you with the, with the, uh, you know, going solo thing. Like I don't know how Lloyd does it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's always nice to bounce ideas off of someone else. So, um, yeah man it's uh, it's exciting it's in in season tournament day so excited to see some loud courts and um just saw actually that the Atlanta Hawks and Indiana Pacers have the highest total in quite some time um Okay at least not over surprising a yeah it's like 252 and a half so wow. hopefully there'll be a lot of fantasy points scored in tonight's game so that's what yeah, yeah, I'll have yeah. to be watching yeah, we'll see. The paces were pretty bad. They were blown out by the magic in their last game. So it's yeah. very
0: hit or miss with the paces, but I think they mm-hmm. still scored over 100 points, even in a blowout mm-hmm. loss. So, um, yeah. So, look, I thought I sent you through a few names that we'd talk about. Yeah. Uh, we've had some injury news come in in the last hour. Um, so, we'll start with the injury news. If I scroll back down on my screen here, um, let's start with uh, CJ McCollum. So, he's out with a obviously a pretty rare injury, um, although it is something he's had before. It does sound like he's getting closer to returning. Um, if reading the uh, direct here, the direct quote, um, he's he was a full participant at practice, but just needs to get clearance from the pulmonologist. Uh, so whether that comes in the next week or so, we're not sure. But he seems to think that he should be getting cleared pretty soon. Obviously he's rostered, so it doesn't really make a difference for for anyone with him, other than he'll be active. Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins. What what do you think happens when McCollum is back? Are either of those guys going to be able to put up twelve team value moving
1: forward? No, I would um, I would hold Daniels for now, but I think Jordan Hawkins has probably been trending towards a drop right now anyway. Um, primarily, he was just you know threes and scoring, and now that that's dropped off, Jose Alvarado's back. Herb Jones has been playing better and now Zion seems to have gotten out of his funk um, that he was in over the last couple of weeks. So I think that kind of renders Jordan Hawkins expendable, whereas Dyson Daniels at least still holds value because of what he's doing for rebounds, assists, steals in particular. Um, I wrote about him earlier this week. He was, he's right now tied for second in, in in the NBA in deflections per game. Mm -hmm. So those steals are probably something that can hold, um, now, that's all being said. If C.J. McCollum returns, I think Dyson Daniels becomes, you know, someone that you're, you know, streaming right now to probably someone you're going to end up dropping. But, I mean, it sounds promising on C.J. McCollum. He did say that he needs to get cleared by his pulmonologist. But um, the fact that he's practicing, I would feel pretty good about mm-hmm. that if I have him stashed on IL. Like, maybe he can come back, you know, within the next several – like, few weeks here. Um, so continue to stream Daniels while you can. But uh, I think it's definitely – it's definitely becoming more of a short-term ad than, than long-term being that um, CJ seems to be progressing the right way.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, I like what Daniels has done. I know they're really high on him in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I wouldn't be dropping him as soon as CJ comes back. And and as we know, I mean, Brandon Ingram's eye they're no strangers to injury themselves. And, and no. I think Daniels is almost playing this role now where uh, a little bit like uh, Bruce Brown did in Denver last year, where if anyone gets injured, Daniel steps up. I think he has that ability to, to play additional minutes. It's not a direct one for one sort of, if Zion goes down, we're not looking at, um, I don't know, Zeke Nagy or, um, Mm -hmm. or Nagy Marshall, always get those guys guys mixed up. Um, so, so yeah, there, there is still hope for him, I think. Um, but when healthy, yeah, he's probably going to be tough to roster. Um, Ben Simmons um, has not returned to court work yet, uh, so we, we still don't have a lot of clarity. It does sound like we're going to get uh, a better update tomorrow uh, on Wednesday from the Nets. If you're rostering him, I mean, are you are you holding him? Like, with very little information, it, it's hard to make a guess. But given he's had this kind of an injury before, and we've seen it keep him out for multiple weeks. Well, weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Are you worried that this is a repeat of that and that he could miss
1: months? Um, the fact that the reports are coming back positive, um, I'm a little bit more optimistic. But if we're talking the long-term outlook here, I think it's, it's certainly a problem because it seems like to be a nerve issue that can flare up at any time. And so anytime you have a nerve issue, like I'm, I'm a little bit scared about that prognosis because, you know, I don't know. It could be a workload thing. It could be you know someone getting contact with him that kind of you know aggravates the injury. So if I have Ben Simmons right now, like if you have an IL spot, keep him in there. He was playing well before the injury. The Brooklyn Nets definitely need him back. Um, they haven't been healthy all season between Nick Claxon's injury early on and Spencer Dinwiddie missing a little bit of time, and now you know Simmons. So uh, they definitely need him back. Um, I would just be cautious about when he returns to play, if he has a couple of games, I'd probably look to sell immediately because that's not something that I want to deal with throughout the season. If this happens to pop up again in a month and a half, you know, you're going to be having to deal with a pretty frustrating situation. So, yeah, I think that I I was, I was definitely advertising selling him before the injury, but now this is kind of the, this is kind of the world you live in with Ben Simmons, man. It's going to be trips to the IL uh, for no no disclosed amount of weeks here and there throughout the season. Yeah. It's a tough one. Um, More positive news. Kelly Oubre sounds
0: as though he's getting closer to a return, um, which is pretty amazing given the reports that came out when this incident happened. Initially, it was that he was going to be out for an extended period, multiple weeks. And it's been what it's been two weeks. Maybe if that, maybe not even, maybe not even that. So uh, he's doing individual stuff um going to be reevaluated in a week but i guess there's a chance he's back in the next 2 to 3 weeks um do you i've seen him dropped in in a few leagues what what do you think because i mean obviously he started the season really well he was scoring well off the bench and then starting um sure. but they've made some changes since since that happened, the, the, the trade of James Harden. D'Anthony Melton is playing a lot better now than he was two weeks ago. Do you still think Oubre can be someone that puts up 12-team value this sort of season or, or when he returns, or is it more of a wait-and-see
1: Yeah. So I, there was a couple of leagues that I did see him on waivers. And I, if I had the ability to stash him in IL, I I definitely took that opportunity. I think he's down to 50, 57% rostered in Yahoo league. So he's Mm -hmm. probably floating out there for, for many people in a lot of leagues. So I think it's worth the flyer just based off how he was playing before, not only just the scoring in the threes, but he was actually shooting pretty efficiently, which is something Mm -hmm. that has been kind of a, a hindrance to his fancy value in the past. But then also you know, he's averaging over a steal per game, like at like 1.4. So even if D'Anthony Melton continues to play well, I think there's still a role for Oubre to still provide some value for fantasy managers. Now, maybe he won't drop 16 a game, but I think that he'll still be a pretty safe bet to hold 12 team value, given how he was playing before. Now, all that said, I would also temper expectations for the fact that this guy just got into a car accident. And I don't even know the significance of the injuries, but the fact that he can recover, you know, in that short amount of time, it probably bodes well for his outlook, but, you know, it still could take some time to get adjusted, get his feet back. Um, still a very bizarre situation. Um, I know TMZ released the footage of that, but I don't know. We never really got any answers about what happened, and only that he had injuries to, you know, certain parts of his body. But the fact he's able to return this quickly, like that's a great thing for fantasy managers.
0: It is, yeah. Um, someone else, and I mean, this, this is – I really want to mainly talk about this guy because it's relevant to me and my, a lot of my teams. But Jaden <laughs> McDaniels is going to uh, – so he he uh, sprained his ankle yesterday. They've said he's going to be out two to three weeks. Um, he, I mean, for me, he was fringe anyway. He was a borderline hold. He hadn't been playing that well despite starting and playing good minutes. But is this Kyle Anderson time? Do we need to go and pick him up? Will he be the – Will he just slide in and start like he did last year when Towns was out? And as we know, last season he was a must roster player. He was putting up top 100 value um, chips in across the board. Can sort of do everything. Give you some assists, defensive stuff. Is this what we're doing? Are we making the move to go and get it,
1: Kyle Anderson, if he's available? I think so. I think he's the immediate add, and you know the fact that he's going to be missing that. Being Jalen McDaniel's uh, Jaden McDaniel's, excuse me. three weeks upwards of three weeks with an ankle injury that could be some short-term staying power for kyle anderson now the one thing that i've been kind of scouring the net about is i've seen beat writers mention Nikhil alexander walker Mm. quite a bit and so i would probably try to look at my initial thought and just based off of past performance is kyle anderson but I, i do think think it's interesting that the people closest to the timberwolves are talking about you know, Alexander Walker needing to step up in, in McDaniel's absence. So, um, I agree with you. I was, you know, I labeled McDaniel as one of my breakouts, and that hasn't that hasn't come no. come to fruition yet. And I was trying to hold on to him as much as I could. <laughs> and I have injuries on other rosters, so like if you don't have the roster space to be able to stash him in IL, like he's a drop. And uh, yeah. being out for almost uh, probably a month, like you can find better better uh, options on waivers anyway.
0: Yeah, I like this, as I mentioned, because I have Anderson on a few teams and I've mm-hmm. I've held him. He's just been doing enough for me because yeah, I'm punting stocks. points. So he's mm-hmm. been getting me enough. So I'm hoping that this means he gets closer to 30 minutes. But if you look at yesterday's box score, um, Alexander Walker played 33, 34 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So And McDaniels went down early. He I think he yeah. only played three or four minutes. So mm-hmm. if that's an accurate reflection of what they're going to do, then – he might be someone worth grabbing as well um, yeah. just to see what what the minutes play out like. Yeah. Um. So a couple of guys that I sent through, I think just sort of relevant, relevant names, people are talking about. I'm just going to start with Miles Bridges because he's basically, since I spoke to Zach last week, Bridges came back sort of two days later, mm-hmm. um, came off the bench, played really well, started yesterday, uh, play his minutes. I mean, he's, well, well, over thirty minutes per game. Um, there was the overtime, which helped that. But I think, I mean, off off court stuff, we we've discussed that. We don't need to go into that. This is fantasy. Um, I've got him on two teams, and, and I've been pretty happy with with what he's been doing. Based on, I think the the discussion we were having was, what's his role going to look like? Is it going to be twenty four minutes off the bench? Is it going to be thirty five minutes starting? Rosie still has to come back, so we're not sure what that's going to look like, whether Brandon Miller drops back to the bench. Have you – any clarity here for you on what Bridges' role might look like for the remainder of the season and, and where we think that might
1: uh, put him in terms of fantasy value? Yeah, I think Steve Clifford's still tinkering with the lineups. PJ Washington came off the bench yesterday um, and Brandon Miller started, so I thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if you have Miles Bridges, you got to feel pretty good about it. I mean, he's coming off a fourteen point, fifteen rebound effort. He's getting at least—he's I think he's averaging four assists over the first three games that he's playing, um, and he's getting the stocks too. He's getting one point three steals. So, like, I think Bridges is doing everything you wanted and a bit more. I was probably lower on him than most, just probably because I was, you know, probably having more more bias towards him being a shit bloke than anything. Yeah. But yeah. fantasy production wise, I mean, he's he's scoring he had an off night yesterday but like i wouldn't be concerned like i think he's a guy that you can comfortably plug into your lineups um and i don't think he's going to be leaving the starting lineup even when rozier gets back i think it's probably going to be one of brandon miller or you know continuing to be pj washington because if if they're all healthy they actually have a pretty inter- they have a pretty good fantasy roster right mm-hmm. like i think that they could all find minutes um even if they're staggering the lineups with you know some of the more notable players like PJ Washington coming off the bench, and even Brandon Miller, but I think Bridges is probably the safest of all of the front court players for Charlotte right now, just based off how he's playing and the minutes that he's getting.
0: Yeah, and I think if you had him two two years ago when he had that breakout, um, right. if you remember back, efficiency was probably the only issue throughout the season. Mm-hmm. He, he does go up and down; um, he'll go thirty percent one night and then fifty five the next night. Right. So as long as you can deal with that as you said he, i mean he's he's getting rebounds he gets some defensive stuff he hits threes he's good from the free throw line um he's a
1: beast of fantasy so he he does he fantasy is, he well
0: <laughs> he does um were you surprised so I, I watched um the first game his first game back were you surprised by the reaction he got like he he generally got a positive reaction from
1: the crowd was that surprising uh, yeah. to you uh not really just because i feel like they've had such a bad product for so many years yeah. that Miles Bridges was actually like a fan like i mean him and LaMelo Ball are like highlight reel central every time that they they play together so i feel like they were more so excited just to be like oh my god we have a a good basketball player coming back yeah ignoring everything else like hey our product is better on the court so it's good to have him back and from a basketball perspective i could see that that uh that lens um had i been in the crowd i probably would have been sitting down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to go yeah. I want to go grab a bite to eat or grab a beer or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um
0: I'm gonna stay in Charlotte and, and on the guy you just mentioned when I can get his stats up here is LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Um Kobe. so I was I was pretty high on him this season. I, I was comfortable taking him middle of the first round. So pick seven, um mm-hmm. we sort of had that top six and, and I was okay taking him even ahead of Steph, um, which was pretty Probably not consensus. I think most people were looking at him towards the back end or early in the second round. And he started the season, it wasn't great. Uh, and I was I was a little bit worried because I'd taken him with a few first round picks. But over the last week, uh, last two weeks, he's a first round player. Um, he's averaging, so last two weeks, 32.3 points, six rebounds, seven and a half assists, one and a half steals, four, almost four and a half three-pointers uh, on 50%. And eighty eight percent. So, is yeah. Look, he's back, and, and I. I mean, we watched him in uh, in Indiana, and and he was good, and he was. St- that's where I think he started to turn things around. So, um, since then, he's he's looked far more aggressive and comfortable on the offensive end. Maybe that's just the the fact that he barely played last season um, mm-hmm. because of multiple ankle injuries. So he's getting his confidence back. Where do you see him for the rest of the season? Like, can he can he maintain first round value, or, or would you still see him as sort of that top twenty, top twenty five player?
1: Um, I think he could certainly hold on to it, especially because the Hornets just got a piece like Miles Bridges back. Like. I think part of the reason that ball suffered early on was not only just the ankle injury recovery from that surgery, but also like he just didn't have a lot of weapons. So him having to force the issue offensively isn't what he does best. I think he's best when he's out in transition, he's getting people involved and then, you know, he's into a rhythm of the game and then he can start bombing from three. And I think that's what we're seeing right now, man. Like I, I mean, I didn't have the expectation that he would be dropping 30 a game for any portion no. of the season. Not. But that being said, he doesn't even need to do that to hold first round value. Mm-hmm. And right now, the only thing that's holding him back from being a top five guy is the turnovers, you know, comparatively to like a Tyrese Halliburton type of thing. So um, production wise, if we're talking points, rebounds, assists, steals, threes and f- free throw percentage like balls outstanding. So I have him. You know, I, I just do my my do my rest of season rankings just because when you draft on Yahoo, you can still draft throughout the season. So yeah. I try to make it so that's updated, so people aren't drafting people like Robert Williams, um, who are out for this season. Yeah. And so I still have Lamelo Ball firmly, you know, number. I think I have him in number seven or number eight. Um, but I think there's a very good chance that he could slip up into that, you know, six territory by the end of this season if he continues to play this well.
0: Yeah, I hope he does because that, that'll actually be one that I hit on, which would be good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're right. Coming into the season, like I didn't view him as a 30-point scorer. He was he was someone I was targeting in the first round with with the idea of possibly punting points. So mm-hmm. I liked getting him and Fred Van Fleet early um, yep. and then grabbing someone like a Chet or, or Wemby if he was available. So I viewed him as more like a 23-point mm-hmm. scorer, 24. Same. So this is really just icing on the cake. Um mm-hmm. Rosier coming back will will cut into that uh his ability to score but also could see his assist numbers go up a little bit so mm-hmm. um yeah I'm really happy with where he's at uh at the moment um Do you have
1: Rozier anywhere are you getting concerned about his groin injury cuz like he just I mean it seems to be every year with him with a groin so yeah. I don't I don't know um
0: I don't have him it. um yeah. I didn't draft him this year but I was I was at that game that he did the groin and, and it was a bad one like we I remember tweeting out because I, I tweeted out from the game saying that th- this looks bad like it, it could could be multiple weeks if not a month or two months and then they sort of came out a few days later and said it's it's not too bad he's questionable and and could be back soon and it's just sort of we really haven't got an update which isn't unusual for Charlotte right, they're not great sure. at their injury reporting no. so um <laughs> Look, I mean, if you've got him, you just have to hold him and hope that he is back soon. But I wouldn't be surprised if it does linger because uh, groins, especially a guy with a history of soft tissue injuries, right? they they want to take it easy. And, and I think the fact they've got Miles Bridges back there now probably gives them a bit of leeway. Um, but they do need – I mean, they had a really good win against Boston the other night. Yeah. They but on the other hand, they've had some really bad losses. So <laughs> I guess it – it almost depends on how they view themselves this season. Are they are they pushing for the playoffs? Which I assume they would be. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, look, it's a little concerning. But personally, I don't have him. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy I do have though in a lot of spots is Markel Fultz, and Ugh. he. I mean, speaking of no updates, really, uh, tendonitis is tough because all you can do is rest it. It's not. It's not something that has a oh, it's a sprained ankle, we know it's two weeks or anything like that. It's a, well, this could be a week, it could be a month. Are you concerned about about him? Because I'm starting to get a little bit concerned given he, it was, he had the injury, then he came back, then he's missed another five or six games. Um, is this something that could cost him a significant part of the season?
1: I think that they're managing the injury well by keeping him out. However, they haven't really provided any context to Mm. all right it's it's knee tendinitis and he has swelling okay well like what's the rehabilitation process is it just rest and then the swelling goes away and then he's ready to return to basketball activities Uh, this day-to-day thing um being ruled out a day in advance type of thing like i'd rather them just say like hey he's going to be out for month and a half as he continues yeah. to rehabilitate from that but it hasn't been that it's just been he's out today you're not getting him back so from a fantasy perspective like you you can't hold on to him if you don't have the space for it so there's leagues that i play in that don't have il i had to drop them and i know it hurts because i was a believer in marco Fultz too but at this point without any clear indication of when he's going to be returning he might as well be a cj mccullum he's out indefinitely and yeah. anytime you have an indefinite absence i i'm I'm usually aggressive and just like, hey, let me just cut bait now, find someone else to to replace that value. And if he's around and he's getting rumored to be coming back, maybe he's out there for me. But I would be hard pressed that people are going to rush to get Markel Fultz, given, you know, the the lack of information around his injury, um, other than it's just knee tendinitis and swelling.
0: Yeah, it is getting tough. I'm still holding him, but I also have Marcus Smart and a lot of those teams. And at least we have a time frame on him.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. They, so, they, so that was the thing. It was like you know, at least with with, Mark, uh, with Marcus Smart, it was like, hey, this guy's going to be out a month. He yeah. immediately went went to injured. Whereas like Fultz has been was day to day for a while, and then yeah. he came back. And yeah, it's it's just really tough. And like to your point to that, like I think one of my I have a few teams that are just really battling injuries. And even though I have you know three IL spots. They're all occupied right now. Yeah, yeah. So like I just gotta move on. I gotta move on.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of injuries to guards to begin yeah, the season. Um that that mm-hmm. might just be because I have a lot of teams that are guard heavy. Um so Same. I'm noticing it a bit more. But <laughs> we have similar um,
1: problems. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I think the big men are relatively healthy. Um can't really think of any any significant big men that have missed time so far, where a lot of guards are missing multiple games. Um, Devin Vassell uh, yeah. is another one who I've got, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's upgraded to questionable, I think uh, yep. you said. So fingers crossed he comes back. But again, it's a soft tissue injury. The Spurs in. clearly aren't going anywhere this season. They're pretty bad. <laughs> um, so so this could be something that they manage a little bit, uh, at least for the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it is hard. I get asked about faults all the time, and, and it's, well because for me if, if you're going to drop someone I, I always think if if I saw this guy on the waiver wire would I straight away grab him like would right. I hesitate mm-hmm. and I'm probably still at the point where if faults was available if someone dropped him in a league that I didn't have him in I would grab him quickly and so that's always like the fomo kind of thing I f- mm-hmm. I, f- I worry that I drop him 2 days later he's back and someone else has got him and and yeah but and you sort of preach you preach patience to begin the season. Don't panic. Don't. But we're into week five. Um, so when is that point in the season where it, it's too late to to wait? Kind of thing. You need if if someone's right. injured, you just need to move on to get active bodies on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're probably closing in on that period, um, especially given a lot of fantasy well, head-to-head leagues. Anyway. Finish earlier each year, like we're starting to bring it forward just because of that that last period of the season where it's all over the place. You, you, can't, you can't have your fantasy playoffs in the last two weeks of the season no. because you don't know who's playing. Um, so a lot of leagues now only go for 18 weeks, 19 weeks before the playoffs. So we're almost a third of the way through the season. So mm-hmm. if you're struggling, which I am in a couple of those leagues, um, I may have to make that
1: that tough decision, but then you go and look at the waiver wire and go, well, there's just no one here that I want. <laughs> right. Do I want to pick them up for like, you know, Grayson Allen right now yeah. just to like get through the week. Um, but yeah, I think the other element to like the exercising patience is like, where did you get him in the draft? So like, I feel like I was, it gave me less heartburn dropping Markel Fultz than uh who, who's a, been a panic drop. I feel like all everyone that's been like the, the most, talked about like should i drop them or not or been those like trey jones tyus jones yeah yep. those ninth tenth round guys so like i'm not tripping if you if you get to the third of the season you're like all right this isn't working out i'm out um it's the guys that are like josh giddy where i'm like all right i paid mm-hmm. like six round value for you yeah and you're not doing what i what i expected am i gonna drop you no but like what's your trade value now like how low do i need to sell you yeah. um to kind of get something back so
0: yeah, on Grace and Allen, I'm just—I mean, this has been discussed a bit, and it's not brand new news. But Bradley Beal still going to be out for another what, two and a half weeks now. Two weeks. Um, Grace and Allen, Eric Gordon have both been really good. Um, I, I, you agree they must roster players at the moment, despite—I mean, they've got limited upside, but but both are playing big minutes. And and if you had to choose, would you have a preference out of those two?
1: Yeah, uh, I was pro Eric Gordon early in the season. Now I'm more Grayson Allen. And uh, it's more so because I think Grayson Allen, um, for his skill set for fantasy, I think at this stage in their careers, it's a little bit different. Like I think Grayson Allen gets matched up better in terms of defense so he can get more steals. The threes, he's a better three-point shooter than Eric Gordon is. Um, The assists is kind of hit or miss for both guys, uh, but I would lean to Grayson Allen to get more rebounds. Um, Are they must rosters? no. If I was in a, tw- a 12 team league, I would probably get one of them, but like shallow leagues, I don't think you need to have mm-hmm. either one. Cause I think it's really going to be the Kevin Durant and, you know, Devin Booker show for, in terms of that usage to make up for Bradley Beal, but being that they're going to be out for three weeks, if you have a favorable schedule and you know, the Phoenix suns, this isn't one of those weeks, I don't believe, but um, you know, if there's opportunities to stream them, I would certainly take it um, just because you know, that they're going to get the minutes. And and thoughts on uh, Santi Aldama. So with
0: with Smart going down, we had um, Gilliard who started a couple of games, and he was all right, but he wasn't great. But um, Aldama has been the guy that stepped up. They're they're playing him at a small forward spot, which they they mm-hmm. had they didn't do last season. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, he obviously went off in his last game. I think he I think he had twenty seven shot attempts, which for, for and, Santi Aldama that, that <laughs> just sounds stupid um, <laughs> that is he sounds must extremely roster? desperate <laughs> it, um, for the next what three weeks whatever till smarts back do you think Aldama is someone that needs to be rostered
1: yeah he's a must roster and it's it's also because you know they're they're going through other front court issues of Xavier Tillman's now out multiple weeks um and so now like it's you know so the fact that they have to move to Aldama to the small forward spot I mean, I feel like Taylor Jenkins has no choice but to just plug him in wherever he can fit. And I think that's great for his fantasy value. Right now he's being super aggressive. Memphis is down scores. And if he's willing to take 27 shots, I think they welcome it because like someone needs to help out Desmond Bain here. Mm. Uh Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't been great. Um, and it's probably because he's having to do more defensively to try to anchor that 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 deep that. Um, front court just because there's no one else there to help him. So at this point, like I was on Jacob Gilliard earlier on, but now that he's kind of slid into a bench role, uh, we've seen his, his minutes kind of decrease over the last couple of games. Um I'd be all in on Sandy Aldama. Cause I think that he's going to be a guy that you're going, you can roster comfortably for the next couple of weeks, given the way that he's playing right now. And the, the, I think the one surprising thing was like, he's being very aggressive on the, on the rebounds, which is not something he really did. He was usually just like a, you know, 15 points, you know, four or five rebounds and, and yep. a few threes. Whereas like now it's, he's getting double doubles and he's also blocking shots and he's getting assists. So he's, he's pretty much in category leagues. I think that he's probably one of the bigger priority ads next to like Keontae George and Skylar Mays, you know, over the last week.
0: Yeah. Uh, so a guy that I, I mean, I was relatively high on him, didn't get him anywhere, but Alper and Shingun has been really good to start the yeah. season Um Argue uh, ooh, Houston's best player. I mean, it, Van Fleet's been pretty good as well, but I would say, based on expectations, Shingun is has been their best player. Um, what do you think, l- like, rest of the seat, looking at the rest of the season, um, is what he's doing sustainable?
1: I think so. Um, so I went to the game last night, them versus the, uh, the Rockets versus the Warriors, and getting to see him live, and you know, he came into the game questionable. And he gave his one of his best performances of the season, arguably the best performance of the Mm. season. Um, He absolutely annihilated uh, the Warriors in the interior. He had seven offensive rebounds, um, had another double, double dropped 30 points, like watching him live, man. He's just so skilled. And like, it's like that combination of like a Jokic and Demonis Sabonis that, you know, I think he is their best player. Like if we're talking, you know, in totality, you know, I think Fred Van Vliet, I think the one thing that's actually working really well for Shingoon is that Van Vliet has developed this chemistry with him so that he's getting him a lot of easy shots at the rim. Um, and Shingoon also like stretched the floor a considerable amount. Like he took like four or five three point attempts. So like the fact that he's just expanding his offensive game as the season matures, like he's going to be even better. Um, so I think he's, he's been doing everything and more for fancy managers and Fred Van Vliet's been struggling from the field, but like, I think it's, it's pretty cool that he's, you know, up to his assist rate, you know, he's up to like what third or fourth in the league in assists per game now. So I, I think if you want to bet on someone rest of the season, it's definitely operation Shingoon because they're, he's getting a ton of usage. He's passing the ball. He's playing defense. He's getting rebounds. Like he can't, he literally does everything for fantasy. So I, I'm I'm loving some shingoon right now.
0: Yeah. And I'm just pulled up his numbers here and, and he's, he's, in, he's 46th on uh, the season in nine cat leagues, but free throws are dragging him down so he's 60 yeah. he's at 60 or barely 60% from the free throw line uh to this point in his career he's been 71 72 right. so there's scope i mean if he can get that back up to 70 and there's no reason he can't because he no. it's not like he's one of these like Mitchell Robinson or um Jakob Pertle these guys that have no range as you said he's he's taking threes he has the ability to hit mid range so to me, he should be closer to a seventy-five percent free throw shooter than a sixty mm-hmm. percent. So right. if he can get that back up to seventy, then then he's in probably inside the top thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the worry, I guess, coming into the season, well, playing time was one. We weren't sure how they were going to utilize him, but I think I think we can safely say that he is their center of the future. He they're invested in him now. Um, the worry or the the concern was to do with his assist numbers. We saw last season when Jalen Green was out, uh, and when um, well Kevin Porter was there. When Kevin Porter was out, he had some assists like triple doubles. He was doing mm-hmm. seven, eight assists regularly, and and we thought, well, now with Fred Van Fleet, is that gonna is that gonna scale back? But as I mean, Fred Van Fleet is handing out a lot of assists, but Shen Goon is at five point seven per game, up from three point nine last season, so he's been able to maintain that element and that's where we get the comparisons with Jokic and Sabonis is with All his right. ability to pass. Um, I mean, this is really thinking long-term and looking career-wise, but I, d- I mean, I don't think he gets to Jokic's level because Jokic is a freak and so it's hard to, to ever do that. But but could he, could he get to Sabonis' level where he's top 20, top 15? I think he's probably got a little bit more offensive upside than Sabonis. I think he can score a little bit better or, or from more spots on the floor. But do you think he has that upside to, to get there?
1: I do. And I think it's also like the thing about Doma is that he had not had that much competition in Sacramento in terms of like people behind him to like spell his minutes. And I think that that's also working for Shingoon. because like Jock Landell got, I want to say he played like maybe 15 minutes yesterday. Yeah. He looked terrible um just plotting around there like it's like our right, get Shingoon back on the floor like this offense is going terribly without him yeah. on there and so like if they and they, they you know they had the choice to to try to sign Brook lopez this offseason they passed because they think i think they knew what they had as long as he committed on the defensive end and sure he's going to have some defensive mistakes um but i think Shingoon is showing like you can play through him with confidence and the one thing i would say like yeah he's averaging 5.7 dimes It could probably be even better than that because right now Jalen Green and Van Vliet are both struggling from the field. Once they actually start knocking down some of those catch-and-shoot threes because Shingun is drawing so much attention, he could even see his assists go up. I do have more confidence in that free throw percentage going up than the assists going up dramatically, but either way, I think that there's pretty strong indications that this guy could be a top 30 player now, and if we're looking ahead to a couple years from now, he could be that early second round pick like Demonis Sabonis is because there's not that much difference. Like he's already made the leap in scoring. And to your point, he has a more of an offensive skill set. Like he has mm. the jump hook, he's got fadeaways, he's got he's just more crafty, right? So um I think that there's a lot of upside here with Shingoon. And I wish I had more shares uh myself yeah. as well.
0: Uh and and I think like defensively, obviously last season there was some, there were a lot of highlights about him. Um, making bad reads, all that sort of thing, and yeah. and while his he's numbers young.
1: haven't, pardon, he's young. Like you know, he he's is. still
0: learning the game, right? He is very young, and and he's come from a, from Europe as well. So mm-hmm. the the games are very different, Europe and, and the NBA. Yeah. So if you look at his defensive numbers this season, he's actually down. So he ended last season with one point eight combined steals and blocks. He's at one point four this season. But I think I don't know. I'm pretty confident in saying that he. He looks better as a defender this season. And last season, part of part of the the issue, I think, for him was that the Rockets were terrible and had had no one defending the perimeter. So mm-hmm. he was having to make those calls, whereas now they've got Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Fleet, um, Tari Eason's getting healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jabari Smith is, is a year older and getting better. So I think having those better defensive players around him means that he doesn't have to make those calls on defense and, and it does mean that his numbers are down slightly, but he's not going to be dragged off the court. I mean, they had a bad no. coach last year as well, right. um, which didn't help, but yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm really high on him. If you had to make a call now, uh, we're a long way off, but looking to next season, where do you think he would go in, in drafts? Would he go in the second round?
1: Uh, I think he'd actually be right around that Porzingis area, you know, okay. so maybe Evan Mobley, like around that third, fourth round ish probably like third round, I think is fair. Like the way yep. that he's playing. Um, I could see the argument for maybe a late second, but I feel like mid to late, mid to early third, I think is is probably a good spot for okay. him going into next season.
0: Yep, Yeah. Going to be, going to be interesting. Um, just looking through if there's any other names, any other news or names that you can think of that, that sort of, um, Fresh uh that's yeah, coming
1: out recently. Yeah, little concern. No, nah, I don't know about little concern, but Jalen Williams popped up on the injury report. He's yeah. missed his last two games with a strained hip. Uh, Not much has come out other than that he has a strained hip. So I don't know if this <laughs> is, you know, is this something that we need to be bracing for uh, a week or two off to kind of heal here? Or is this something like, hey, guy's been playing a lot of minutes. He's been playing well. Let's give him a couple of days off. Um, there hasn't really been much information about it.
0: No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, he was he well, he didn't play their last game or their last couple. They were
1: yeah, comfortable wins,
0: like mm-hmm. so that I mean, they didn't play him against the Spurs or whatever it was because they're they're at that point now where they're good enough that they can rest right. or, or manage <laughs> yeah. guys um, yeah. through through those easy games. Um, and it looks, I mean, we're we're still early, but it looks as though they could be pushing for top four in the West. I mean, there's there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, but mm-hmm. um, they look good. Uh, they've got some good bench pieces as well. Um, they're in a position that if, they, if they're if they third or second in the West and they just feel like they need one piece, they've got things they can trade. They've got like 400 picks in the next five <laughs> years or something. So yeah. um, they are in a position to that if they wanted to trade for someone, um, they could. So I think that, yeah, I mean, if if that's what they've got in mind, maybe they're cautious here with with Williams. But, I mean, there's nothing's come out to say that it's serious. So hopefully it's just a precautionary kind of thing. Um, Just one last guy I want to talk about, and, again, this is just a guy that I was high on and I managed to get him in a a lot of leagues, is Jalen Johnson um, for the Hawks. He's been amazing as well. Another guy that has exceeded my expectations, uh he's what is he top top 40 almost for the season he's a 44th ranked player an efficient scorer he's getting defensive stuff it took them what one game this season to realize that he should be starting uh so it didn't take them long looking ahead rest of season can he maintain top 50 value is that viable
1: i don't see why not um i think quinn snyder's system is is very fantasy friendly the hawks come into this week they had six players ranked in the top 100 so in my opinion if he continues to start um for what he does from a fantasy perspective him being efficient you know scoring rebounding also being able to grab and go and push it in transition and get those assists i mean i think we're looking at you know, this is what we were expecting John Collins to be doing the last couple of years. And he's kind of just yeah. taking this downward, you know, trajectory. He's back now with Utah, but um I, I love Jalen Johnson and he was a breakout for me as well. I think we were both drinking the same Kool-Aid when uh, you know, you kind of saw those flashes um yeah. in the preseason seeing like, yo, this guy has it and like this team is just way more dynamic when he's on the floor. Um, and so you know, I, I don't think Sadiq Bey is gonna push him for that starting role anymore. And I'd be curious to see if we can actually be even better if, you know, the Hawks decide to, you know, the Hawks aren't very good right now. What are they? They're pushing around 500. You know, they're not they're not that great. Maybe there's a place for DeAndre Hunter getting traded and Clint Capella getting traded. What does that do for this youth movement? If we can get, you know, I mean, he's already playing a lot of minutes, but I don't know. I would say, like, if there's a couple other pieces out of that starting lineup, maybe he gets even more usage into that. So, I don't know. I'm just really high on Jalen Johnson. I think what we're getting, I think top 50, based on his efficiency, he could definitely hold that rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think we were sort of high on him, and then we saw the preseason, and they didn't really use him like we thought they would. He was yeah. coming off the bench. And so, I think
1: – But he was so good I, in those spurts <clears throat> off the bench. It was he like, was. This guy has to play, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he was. But but I think because of that, uh, obviously, that's when a lot of people are drafting in that preseason yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Once the analysts sort of start going, oh, hang on, maybe he's not gonna play the role we thought. I think he tumbled a bit in drafts and 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 was available really late, like twelfth mm-hmm. round, thirteenth round, where I think probably two weeks earlier he was going in the tenth round. So anyone that got him, I think you have to be thrilled with uh with what he's what he's doing. Um now I'm just gonna bring up if this works, it does. Let's look at your th- industry pickup is oh, a league that gosh. we're both in. Um and <laughs> Uh, both our teams are, are not not going well. See, there's a lot of red next to your your guys there with some injuries. Um, I just thought, I I mean, I think we're going to be doing, trying to do a weekly show covering this league so that Very people cool. can follow along. And, and for anyone that doesn't know just quickly, this was a league that was put up pretty late um, with uh, a whole heap of, of analysts. Um, Fantasy Basketball International uh, did this with Josh, uh, Josh Lloyd, and Alex Raclean was involved as well. Um, And basically, we want to turn this into uh, the go-to, I suppose, for listeners and readers um, who want to follow along with an elite league. And we've got a website, uh, industrypickup.com, where you can have a look at all the moves and the standings and there's write-ups. And as I said, I think Mitch, Casey and I are going to be doing a weekly show uh, talking about our teams in the league. Just having a look at your team here, um, I guess, any like over overarching comments on on what your strategy was this season and, and how it's playing out and how injuries might have uh affected you so far
1: yeah I I think if I recall correctly you had the 12th pick and yep. I had the 10th pick so I played it too conservative in retrospect um, being how aggressive you went, like, I think you took a Wemby Chet <laughs> on the turn and I was like, no, like I, I really wanted to do it. One of the two play- people and you took them both. So, um, you know, having to draft Kevin Durant first overall, I, I wasn't thrilled about it. Like I was like, all right, cool. High floor, but like not crazy upside. And I didn't know Bradley Beal was going to be out this long. So it's actually worked out pretty well. The problem is, is that, you know, I've had to deal with injuries to, um, uh, primarily Jalen Duran, and I didn't really have much depth behind him in terms of rebounding and blocks. So once he went down, I had a really good first couple of weeks, and then once he went down, my team kind of went with him. Um, also, I don't have any point guards now, like, I've been trying to find them on waivers, and I there's just nothing out there. Yeah, I know you, you've me. been on the market for <laughs> a guard too, and I'm like, I want to make a trade, but like, everyone's just hoarding all these guards, and I had Tyler Hero my point guard spot which was great again two weeks into the season and then yeah. he, he went down so i'm just i think i'm just hemorrhaging right now and once i get my guys healthy i think i'll be okay i think i got a couple late round steals that i think uh, have worked out pretty well and rj barrett um I, i'm probably going to try to sell him, but no one wants them so i'll probably <laughs> just have to eat that one but i'll take the efficiency while i have it um evan mobley is a guy that i expected to take you know that next leap hasn't really done it yet. Um, but I feel like that's still a person that could come on as the season wears on. And I see Jaden McDaniels on that team. He's probably going to be a drop very soon as we've talked about him at nauseum today. And then um OG Ananobi was another guy that I thought, you know, could actually boost my steals, but he hasn't been great. He didn't take any offensive leap with Fred Van Vliet being gone. It's really just been Scotty Barnes. So yeah, all in all, I just think that this team I just need to rename it the mid team because they're just <laughs> middle of the pack, middle of the road, nothing exciting. I'll probably finish. I'm going to need some waiver wire help here. And that's why I picked up and stashed Kelly Oubre. I, I need him to come back and actually be effective because otherwise this team is not a playoff team. And I'm in a lot of leagues, so, like, I'm not totally butthurt by it, but, like, I care about this league. And for me to be, mm. you know, sitting in the bottom right now is is definitely eating at me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess the the only thing is, like, it's a very close league, so it's.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think Josh is is sort of out front at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and but there's sort of from sort of high, sort of three four, I think down through to the bottom, it's pretty close. Like a lot of teams are sitting around fifty percent mm-hmm. for the season. Um, yeah, look, Unanobi is someone I've got on on one of my big teams in in a money league, and he's been pretty disappointing uh, for me. He hasn't hasn't done He's had he's had moments, but on the whole,
1: he's been injured. Like he's doing this day to day thing, and it's like, ugh, can't can't get consistent performance. Mm -hmm. And
0: it's annoying when, like, if it's if it's an ankle that you do in a game, it's okay, it's basketball. But he cut his finger, and we don't even know how he did it. Um, (laughs) Which the fact that they won't say how he did it (laughs) probably means he's doing something stupid. Yeah, (laughs) so that's been annoying. Um, I think your team highlights, and it's something that I've seen with couple of my teams is like Tyler Hero he would have been your what fifth round pick something like that fourth fifth maybe mm-hmm. sixth and but losing someone like him I'm sure has had a huge impact on like points threes um, assists to some degree not as much but it's very similar in in a couple of my leagues where I lost Anthony Simons so he was a guy that I got in the seventh eighth round something like that but mm-hmm. losing him has had such a huge impact because you lose a hundred points a week. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a lot like that. that, that uh, it, it all adds up. So um, Anthony Edwards uh, on your team, he, look, he's been pretty good, but hasn't really. He's not going to carry me. you to
1: the playoffs right now, the way that he's playing. Um, no. Um, and then like, I think that I was expecting a little bit of a jump in assists um, and some more stocks. And I, I think the stocks from last year hasn't really returned yet. So, yeah, this is a team that I'm not. I'm not super excited about. Like, I'm gonna have to make moves, and I hope that you know people are keen on wanting to trade. Uh, we have. I don't think anyone's executed a trade yet in this league yet. But no, I'm. I'm probably gonna be. I don't know. Maybe I would say we, maybe we can make a deal, but like <laughs> you're, you're searching for the same thing that I am. Yeah, I am. We we <laughs> both want the same thing. Um. <laughs> so
0: yeah. So here's my team. Um. Not as much injury. Like not well. Not as many injuries. That's bad English. Not as many injuries, but the two that I've got. Uh, are just it. ruining yeah. me because Fultz and Smart are, are just my assists and steals guys, and again, they're not first-round players or second-round players. But each of them can get five to six assists per game, which is forty to fifty assists a week.
1: Right,
0: and and you're not finding that on the waivers. I I, I just picked up Jaden Ivy, and that's more of a a throw of the uh, of a dart. And look, let's hope that he starts and starts to play well, but. um Josh Giddy, someone you talked about, he's been—he's averaging like five assists or four, four point eight or something. I—I I, I thought he'd be closer to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that—that's my downfall. My bigs are awesome. I mean, I Amazing. can't complain at all about um, Wemby, Nurkic, uh, Anthony Davis, Chet Holmgren. They've all been incredible. So I'm dominating your, in your blocks front scene. court is
1: disgusting. Absolutely it is. disgusting. Um, <laughs>
0: Field goal percentage has been a bit of an issue, uh, which I, I was expecting and, and I was then hoping that getting efficient guard like, like Drew Holiday um, would help But and faults, but he hasn't been playing and Holiday's been sort of, he's been a bit meh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a little bit like you, like I've got some guys that are playing really well and others that, that haven't lived up to to what I wanted. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I am sitting sort of mid, I think I'm about I don't know 8th or something um I do have Jalen Johnson in this team which is nice but when I'm hoping or relying on Kyle Lowry uh and uh and Jaden Ivy. <laughs> Ivy to get me assists I, I'm not I'm not sitting pretty so I am trying to trade for a guard and I do have lots of bigs that I can offer um although it's a tough decision like I, I go yeah okay I want a guard who do I trade? Do I trade Anthony Davis or Chet Holmgren or Victor Wembanyama? Cause it's hard to know Davis could get injured. The Spurs could tank. I think Chet is probably the safest of those three in terms of rest of season health and, and that sort of thing, but he's very unproven. So I am sort of going over in
1: my head, who do I trade
0: here? And it's a tough decision, but no one even wants to trade at the moment. So it doesn't matter.
1: Man, your team, I mean, you have such great problems to have. Like I, I think marketing is probably like my biggest asset Where yeah. I'm looking at your team. I'm like, gee, like, Hey, come, Hey, who needs a big man? I got you. You need blocks. Yeah. I have, you You need rebounds. Cool. Um, yeah. and you have a Sar Thompson who you haven't even talked about yet. Like you're the, the defensive, like the stocks on your team are insane. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, no, I'm good in those categories. And, and that's why I thought people would look at my roster and go, "Hey, he has got a lot of bigs that that could help us, mm-hmm. um, and and let's offer a guard." But it hasn't hasn't come. B Dub has said he would like to maybe do a trade, so I've got to look at his roster, um, and I am possibly going to inquire about Shingun. But I, I'm waiting for Ooh. him to have a bad game because <laughs> he'll get me six assists a game right. um, without me giving up rebounds, and
1: and uh, so that that's interesting. Maybe you move you know anthony davis for doma or something like that or even yeah shingoon yep. for uh women yeah. uh, well actually
0: maybe that's what i'm thinking um that's, that's I, actually I a am... pretty
1: good floor raiser for you i think shingoon will play more games yeah you lose out on the blocks but what you lose in blocks you'll gain in probably a little bit better of efficiency outside of free throw percentage but you have pretty yeah. good free throw shooters on your team, so I don't think you should have to worry about that too much. I do,
0: and I've got pretty good shot blockers as well. Um, right. So Kyle Anderson will get you a block a game. Mm-hmm. Asar Thompson will get you a block. Nurkic will get you a block. And then I've got Anthony Davis and Chet Holmgren who who can get two, three, four, five blocks. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on that today and, and see what he says. So, uh look, we're bang on time. I'm going to let you go to your whatever you've got coming up. Um <laughs> Let people know where they can find you. I mean, we're, we're in full season mode now, so it's all pretty consistent, but you're obviously with Yahoo and doing the uh, the show with Roto World, uh, but where can people find
1: you and what have you got coming up? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Titus and uh, tune in to the Roto World basketball show every Wednesday. Got a show coming up tomorrow and Kingy was a guest last week, so if you haven't checked out that episode, do check it out. He's got some rich, really interesting stories about mushrooms and his tour around the U.S., <laughs> Um, but otherwise, it was a great, great, great show. So definitely check that out. And uh, thanks for having me on, Kingy. And we'll do it again sometime, I'm sure. We will.
0: We will. And we were both on the show with uh, with Maddie and Josh on the weekend doing yes. that the thing. That, that was fun. That was a bit different as well. So uh, go and check that over at the Insight Fantasy Sports, I think, is their uh, YouTube page. That will do it uh, for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, check us out on Spotify, You uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe. That would be amazing. Until next time, check catch up.
1: You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.